the theme will always be the same. It's viable coverage. It's not medically underwritten. It includes navigation services, and we're really trying to give people choices within the, the middle market that they don't have today. Tom Fortergaard, he is the CEO and founder of HCG Secure. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Happy to be here. You have a very interesting background with some pretty high-level roles, so maybe you could just give us a little insight into that and then how it led sure. you to uh, founding the company. Yeah, happy to. So I've been um, in healthcare in a variety of roles for almost 35 years. I was uh, started my career early on in an underwriting program and then moved on to a consulting uh, practice uh, Aon Hewitt. I was the national practice leader and a partner there for um, about 17 years. And then I spent uh, 15 years of my career as the chief innovation officer at United Health Group. And when I left United, I, I had the HCG secure model in my mind um, only because what we saw at United with our Medicare participants is that folks really didn't have an understanding of what elements, if any, of long-term care were covered by their insurance programs. But then I also had a, a personal experience um, at the same time with both of my parents who were in decline from a functional perspective and just found even as someone who had a lot of experience um, in healthcare and, and frankly, a lot of, of connections in healthcare, it was just tremendously complex to try to navigate. So it was a combination of both the professional experience and then that personal experience that really, you know, drove me to, to found HCG Secure. HCG Secure, what exactly do you guys do? Yeah, so we are focused on producing alternatives to long-term care solutions for middle-income families. So both insurance product, but also coupled with navigation support for the family. So the actual, you know, sort of in technical terms, the audience that we're focused on are people that retire, they don't have long-term care insurance, and they won't qualify for Medicaid, which covers long-term care. So these middle-income retirees, they retire, um, they have, as I stated earlier, kind of a misperception about what Medicare covers. Um, unfortunately, unless somebody's gone through this experience with a, a family member, most people retire and they think that somehow Medicare covers long-term care expense, which it, it absolutely does not. So families go through the course of retirement and they're fine um, from an income perspective with Social Security as long as they don't have a long-term care event. But the hard reality is, you know, 70% of us do. And by the time they get there, that middle-income couple is spent down. So it's, it's kind of a niche statistic, but this is, you know, one of the leading causes of bankruptcy for people over age 75. And so that's that's the audience we're focused on. We're trying to provide them with much more affordable long-term care solutions that, again, include a whole series of meaningful supports for them throughout the course of their retirement. Does that mean it, it is a product or a set of products, or is it the services that lead to the products, or sort of, or is it sort of a bundle that all goes together? So, what, is, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, they're, so they're integrated. So we have to be, you know, much more specific. We have two products. Um, we're in 48 states right now um, with insurance, uh, you know, DOI approval. So we have one product that's called Home Care Secure, 
which is an indemnity product that covers the cost of custodial care. And then we have a second product called Life Select. Um, and that's a, a life insurance-based product with a, a long-term care accelerator. And what both products include are coverage for long-term care expenses. Um, but then importantly, both products also have a series of support services. We also have the ability for people with these products to put together advanced care plans and wills. So did, 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 are you trying to reach out to the people who are kind of already retired so they can backfill this? Or are you trying to more target the people who are sort of in that pre-retirement uh, 10 years? Or yeah, how, a, how are you question. going out to the marketplace? It's a great question. So it's we are uh, distributing through right now a, a, a series of uh, national brokers that have come in to contract with us. So we have um, we have very large entities that run retiree platforms, um, you know, companies like Via Benefits that focus on the, the post-65 population. So that's someone, to your point, who has retired. It's a gap. Um, but then we're also selling through a group of brokers that are, you know, field marketing organizations, um, voluntary benefit platforms, um, long-term care brokers. And so they are selling to the, in many instances, the, the pre-65 population. Um, what we're seeing in real terms is that our average buyer right now is around 60 years old. So you mentioned that you're working with large distributors. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that, that piece of it. I mean, is this something that they're sort of have been looking for and you're bringing the right yeah. solution? Or is it something where there's other products they can sell more more easily or make more money on. So you've got challenges in kind of getting them to buy in. What's that process been like? It's actually been terrific. I mean, uh, we've and uh, we've got about 15 or 20 very large and different types of national brokerage entities under contract selling this. So the largest wholesale broker in the country is an example. Amwins is a partner. Uh, Via Benefits is a partner. But a lot of very large entities that are selling this. And the reason why they come into contract so quickly is because they do see the gap. Is there any insight you can share on kind of future product roadmap um, beyond these two products you're, you're starting with? I mean, we are creating a portfolio. So what we have right now is, you know, a, a much a lower cost sort of indemnity product that's home care secure. And then we have the life select product that goes to a higher coverage level. Um, and also offers a life benefit if somebody never taps the, the accelerator. We have um, a third product spec'd out that we're working on right now um, that would be even slightly richer than the Life Select product. Is there any sort of channel conflict at all with any of the alternative, not alternative, but complementary services that that you're offering in terms of advice they might get elsewhere or um, things like that, or do you find in general this group is is a bit sort of under advised or hasn't had access to the type of guidance that they really need in making these decisions? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think again, people don't make a plan for long term care, um, whether it's financial or it's the actual plan itself. And so the idea that you can buy 
sort of a viable insurance product that comes with these features. And it's objective advice, right? We're dealing with really credible partners like a wealthy who are, or they're not, you know, they're not being, it's not a mother may I model. They're basically there. You can use them or not, but they're offering really expert advice to families. Um, so in many ways, I think that, you know, these, the navigation features certainly help the insurance product sell because it appeals to both the broker and it appeals to the end consumer. Um, but most importantly, it's just, it's the fact that they're integrated, um, you'll get higher utilization. People will take advantage of these services and they'll find them in, in ways that, you know, where they wouldn't necessarily, if they were just on their own without sort of coverage. How did you go about assembling your team and, you know, what was most important to you and putting it together to get this off the ground? we've all worked together in a variety of capacities. So we've got um, two United executives on the team. We've got a three Fidelity executives on the team um, that have all, you know, in, in past lives uh, worked together quite closely. Um, but I would also say that we all have very different types of expertise, you know, whether it's, it's plan design, actuarial, um, operations, finance, um, or the sort of the, the surrounding sort of the social determinants of health, the, the navigation model. So we pulled together and it's a small team, a group that have worked together that have different types of expertise in this space. And um, I think it's, you know, it's yielding great outcomes. And, and, and what about, uh, if, if you're comfortable sharing kind of balance sheet, I mean, have you self-funded this? Have you brought in external capital? Do you anticipate having to raise additional capital in order to scale this up the way you want to? Yeah, it's, I mean, insurance scales pretty quickly once you get going. Um, so we have, uh, you know, we've raised both, you know, we've all invested personally and then we've, um, we have through our advisors, our board and some other individual investors raise money. Um, we're in a pretty good position and, and the expectation is we will need to raise some more money, but we're, you know, we're generating revenue now, um, which is terrific. We're selling policies. We're in 48 states. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about sort of our, our current position. From a servicing point of view, now that you are selling policies, um, any, any particular challenges or anything that you've kind of, um, had to work on and in, in kind of going from a product development and sales organization into a operating company? Yeah, um, I would say, and we're still, you know, we're still at a pretty early stage, right? We're selling policies, but we really haven't engaged consumers. And that's always hard, right? So I go back to, you know, we have these services available. I want people to use them. I want them to take the annual assessment. I want them to, you know, really take advantage of the services like, you know, put together an advanced care plan if you don't have one, put together a simple will if you don't have one. Um, I expect that will be a challenge. As, as, as someone who, uh, you know, came out of the type of environment that you did to become a founder for the first time, any advice you would have for someone else who's thinking about making that same leap? Yeah, I would say, you know, just, stay focused on the really understand the problem that you're trying to address right i mean it's the the, the first step is to, to really understand sort of the fundamental problem the audience that you're trying to address and then just keep that problem in mind as you design 
any uh, projections you have for for the industry, whether it's you know health insurance, the services side, or just healthcare in general? I think more and more sort of personalization. Um, I think you're going to see, and and we should see, sort of more solutions that aren't just pure insurance, but integrate with relevant services. And you know we were doing a lot of that work when I was at UHG. Um, and those were always the products that were most appreciated both by distribution and the end consumer. So I think, you know, what we're doing very specifically within HCG, um, I think, you know, we'll see more of across the, the broader healthcare and long-term care industry. It's been great to have you on. Uh, Tom Beauregard, founder and CEO of HCG Secure. Thanks for being on. Great. Thank you.